Hello, everyone again, and welcome to Reach Council's podcast. Today, we have a special team member, Anthony Nevels. He works with our Youth Recovery Communities Program, where he serves as a peer recovery coach for ages 13 to 21 within Ellis and Johnson County. Today's subject is peer support. By the end of today's segment, you will learn what peer support is, its history, and how to connect with your local peer recovery leaders. So let's jump right in. For starters, thanks for being on today, Anthony. We're excited to learn more about peer support. Can you let our audience know who you are and what you do here at REACH? Yes, so thank you, Crystal, for that great intro. I'm Anthony Nevels, and I work with the Youth Recovery Communities Program here at REACH Council in Middle Othian, Texas, but we also have an office in Cleburne, Texas. And what I do is serve as a youth recovery coach for ages 13 through the ages of 21 in Ellis County and in Johnson County. Uh, and I work with youth that are looking to meet a variety of goals, be it sobriety, maybe academic success, or maybe just a youth that's looking for one-on-one emotional support. I'm here to meet that need. And also, I have a co-worker by the name of Michelle Turman. She's here to meet that need also here in the community. That sounds good. It sounds awesome, actually. So can you tell me a little bit more about peer support, like dig a little deeper into it? Peer support occurs when people provide knowledge, experience, emotional, social, or practical help to each other. More specifically, a peer serves as a person with lived experience of recovery from maybe mental illness or addiction. Overall, we combine our real-life experiences with the skills that we learn from formal training to provide long-term recovery support for the people that we work with. Sounds simple. Easy. (laughs) Okay, so how long has peer support been around? So the first record that we have of peer support is in the 18th century of France. The governor of Bicentury Hospital in Paris by the name of Jean Poussin recognized the value of employing recovered patients as hospital staff. Fast forward to the 1970s here in America, you have big state hospitals across the country beginning to close releasing patients with severe mental illnesses into communities without inadequate transitional support. Simultaneously, you have patients beginning to speak out against systematic mistreatment and denial of civil liberties while under the care of state mental hospitals. Once released, these same patients begin to seek relief through peer and mutual support groups, which begin to empower both the individuals and the communities that they were living in. Now, in a more radical part of this movement, and I mean to highlight that this was a movement during this period of time, um, the consumers, our mental health consumers, they actually began to reject the traditional modes of care. However, the movement changed courses in the 1980s and began to reach out to governmental and professional organizations. This period of re-engagement led to the improvement of mental health care practices Increased funding, which is the reason why we have uh, organizations like Youth Recovery Communities, which I'm a part of, technical assistance and training programs, and subsequently a boom in the peer support services. That's good that it's becoming more known and people are actually starting to um, understand and know about it. 
So with that being said, I know we, we keep hearing peer support. Are there other names that that may go by that somebody else may be more familiar with? My favorite is recovery coach. Uh, you may hear the name uh, peer recovery leaders. You might hear a peer support specialist or you might hear a certified peer specialist. Okay, yeah, I hear a peer coach a lot. So how exactly is peer support provided? So we use multiple strategies to engage with our participants that we work with. Today, I want to speak to the three that are most important to me that I really love employing in the work that I do. Number one is a recovery oriented system of care or ROSC, which is a coordinated network that's community based with services and supports that are person centered and built on that person's strength and the resilience of that individual's family and community organizations that are invested in that individual's success. A recovery-oriented system of care also supports that there are multiple pathways to recovery. For me, it may be religion. For you, it may be medication. Everyone's different. But most important, this method is person-centered and it is strength-based. By design, a recovery-oriented system of care provides individuals and their families with more options with which to make informed decisions regarding their care, such as prevention, intervention, treatment, and post-treatment. NETS is one of my favorite uh, methods to employ when working with the youth that I work with, and this is harm reduction. And what harm reduction is, it's a political movement as much as it is a method that is being used across the world of peer support all around. And what harm reduction specifically is, it's a strategy for including safer use, managed use, abstinence, and meeting people basically where they are. And I love this because what harm reduction basically says is that everyone that's maybe wanting to achieve sobriety might not be right at the place they need to be to stop cold turkey. And harm reduction says, we're going to meet you right where you are. We're going to work out a plan. We're not going to let you go. We're going to hold your hand and we're going to help support you and set up a plan that works and that's conducive for you to stop your usage. I think that's epic. I think it's groundbreaking. I think it's a great tool that everyone should be using and learning about. I think families would be able to get along a lot better if they could understand um, the importance of harm reduction. Everyone's not ready to just stop using it. If you could understand and work out a plan around that person's drug use, and I know it sounds like you're co-signing drug use, but you're really not. What you're co-signing is a way or hope to getting to a end result of sobriety. Now, this last method is one I try to live by, and it's called the trauma-informed care principles. And there are five of these. And this is what I try to live by uh, in terms of providing peer support to the individuals that I work with. These are the main things that I try to live by when I'm working with them. And one is safety. I try to ensure that the individuals that I work with are safe physically and emotionally safe. I try to ensure that they to have choice and that they're allowed to make their own individual choices and that they have control over their recovery process. Third is collaboration. I try to make sure that the youth that I work with uh, understand that there is a balance of power and that they 
do have power uh, to make their own decisions in their lives. Four is the most important to me is trustworthiness. Um, with the peer support that we provide at uh, our youth recovery communities, we try to make sure that the youth that we work with know that whatever we share with them or whatever they share with us rather is confidential and that we won't cross that boundary unless they're uh, in a place of self-harm or harming others. Lastly is empowerment. Basically through skill building and building upon the strengths that the individual already has. Finding what those strengths are and building upon those strengths that the individual already has. And so yeah, that wraps up trauma-informed care. The five principles, safety, choice, collaboration, trustworthiness, and empowerment. You serve as a local youth recovery coach. Could you share a little bit more about the program that you are associated here with at REACH? No problem. I uh, shared a little bit in the beginning, but yes, I am a youth recovery coach for the Youth Recovery Communities Program under REACH Council in Middle Lothian, Texas. We also have an office in Cleburne, Texas. We work with counties Ellis County and Johnson County, and we provide recovery support for youth that are looking to meet a variety of goals, be it sobriety, be it academic success, or just needing one-on-one support. You name it, we're here in the community to provide that support. So since you provided all of those resources, can you um, let everyone know how they can get in contact with you and your services and a little bit more details on that? You can email us at joinyrc at reachcouncil.org. Again, joinyrc at reachcouncil.org. We'll send you out a form to fill out. The process is very simple. From there, we'll do our intake process and we'll have you a part of our program. And I also know that we have a hotline. Can you give that information? We do have a hotline and that number is 972-723-1053, extension 15. Again, it's 972-723-1053, extension 15. And whoever is on call will answer whatever questions you have. All right. Sounds good. So that concludes our podcast for this month. We want to thank you for tuning in. And always remember, life is full of choices. Choose happy, choose healthy.